fellowship with uh, uh, the Dawes and Brother Roy's right there, and uh, he's here tonight without his hearing aids, uh, amen, because Jesus opened his ears and restored his hearing that day in my office this week, praise God, amen, and uh, glory to God, it's just such a thrill, praise God, he's such a good, good, wonderful healer. And uh, we give him all the praise, and we just celebrate your victory, Brother Roy uh, and Susan, and all that God is doing in your life. Well, as promised, I want to minister tonight on the subject of prosperity and walking in divine supply. And I want to remind you tonight that, uh, you know, the Word is anointed. The Word of God is anointed. And the anointing, according to Acts chapter uh, 10, 30, you know, Acts chapter 10, verse 38, the anointing will... Uh, deal with all the oppressing works That's of the right. devil. Uh, to be oppressed means to be pressured down, to be weighed down in body, mind, or circumstances. And there's not just physical oppression or mental oppression. You know, uh, you know. The, uh, well, I meant to say, there is the, an oppression that can come when you, you face financial pressure for a protracted period of time. And we can become weighed down in body, mind, and in circumstances. But see, the anointing gets rid of that. The anointing removes that. Uh, Isaiah 10, 27 says that it's the anointing that what? It removes the burden and it destroys the yoke. Come on, isn't that good? And lack is a yoke. And want and poverty and not having enough, amen, is a burden uh, that we need to have lifted off. And thank God for that, but you know, I have a, an anointing on my life, the anointing to prosper. And remember, I read you part of that Sunday that uh, primarily how that works is the same way it worked in when, when Jesus ministered. He was anointed to proclaim or to preach good news to the poor. And as people sat under the anointed teaching of the word on prosperity, that lacks, you know, those burdens and uh, yokes are destroyed and removed off people's lives. So I'm, I'm expecting great things. And already heard Cody was just telling me, I, I think I had, I know I did, I had a word for him as we went along about finances and prosperity, and he just said he got a job offer double uh, what, they, what he thought he was going to get. Isn't that right? Is that what you just said? And he's got a, it's kind of a new thing, and he's got interviewing, you said tomorrow? Interviewing already for a promotion tomorrow, so. That's only God, you know, you accept a job, it's double what you thought, and then you're going to interview for a promotion. Wow. I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. Father, we thank you tonight. We approach your word with hunger, with honor, with excitement, with expectation. Our hearts and our minds are open. Uh, we're alert. We're so glad to be here, so honored to get to hear what we're going to hear. And Father, I pray that, uh, again, that uh, you would impart the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that the eyes of the people's hearts, and mine too, would be enlightened supernaturally, that we might know what is the hope of your calling in this wonderful area, that we might gain greater insight, revelation, and understanding down in our spirits and, yes, in our minds of the vastness, the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, and that we might know what is the exceeding greatness of your power that is toward us who believe. And so, God, is these that have made the effort to come, they've honored you, they're in their place, that, Father God, that divine answers are going to come their way. Uh, praise God concerning their situation, your promises, and their future. In Jesus' name, and if you agreed with it, go ahead and shout. Amen. Amen. Well, I want our ushers to go ahead and just come. You won't be a distraction to me. Uh, depending on how the Lord leads, I have many scriptures. And uh, for time's sake, I went ahead and just uh, printed a handout, hopefully enough for everybody. Uh, so that it could save us some time in turning physically to all the scriptures. And uh, praise God. You know, it's the word that's going to make the difference. It's the word that's made the difference uh, in my life. Glory to God and in your life too. So it's a little bit of an echo on the microphone, guys. You guys hear that ringing? I'd like to see. If, I know it looks like you guys are already on it. Thank you so much. Praise God. Well, Deacon Scott, he was reading here in this fourth chapter and uh, on Sunday, and uh, it's just such a wonderful passage of Scripture when it, when it talks about supply. 
And, you know, all of us no doubt are acutely aware uh, we've been affected, all of us. Uh, I think I know the daycare, we've been waiting. I don't see Sister Stacy, but I saw her earlier. There she is. We've been waiting over a year, is that right? Or almost a year for the daycare outdoor canopy. Uh, because, and they say it's uh, the canopy canvas itself is off on shore, but the poles, the infrastructure that holds it up is still floating on a ship. The other way around. Well, whatever. We got parts. Yeah, thank you. We got parts floating on a shipping container down in Louisiana in the Gulf. And everybody's been affected by these things in the natural. Shortages, hindrances with supply. But I wanted to minister to us about what God says about supply. And uh, we were singing about it tonight. And uh, so wonderful, you know, that we're overcomers. And we just overcome obstacles and problems and insurmountable things that are standing in our way. Amen? Don't let the natural be an excuse for you to live a less than life. Uh, we are not supposed in any area to live less than. Jesus died and gave all so that you and I can live and have all. Amen? And I'm going to have all. I am not... I am grateful, and you should be too. And where I am today, as the Bible instructs, I am content. I'm not greedy or covetous, but I'm also aware He offers, my Father offers more. He offers me more than what I'm walking in and enjoying today. And so it's not about not being content with things that I have and where I am. Amen? But it's understanding He offers more and I'm going to take the more that he offers. Amen? Amen? Uh, glory to God. And so, as that, let's go through these uh, quotes. These are just kind of random things that came to me today uh, as I began to study. And so, I love this one. This is from a, a business gal that I, I read after from time to time. And she said, you help no one living small. Amen? Uh, praise God. And in fact, you hurt others when you live small. Because if you lived bigger than you were living, amen, I'm talking primarily in the financial material realm tonight, amen, then you could impact someone in a greater way, in a more tangible way than you could uh, right now because of your limited resources, because of where you're at, amen? And so if you only have a little, you can only do a little. Well, I want to do a lot. I got to be around an, an amazing missionary. He's been a missionary all his life. My wife and I had this priv privilege of meeting him and, and getting to uh, listen to him and just stirs our, stirs our heart. And, of course, our association with the Madalas is so precious. But, you know, I was telling the Lord this week, I said, Father, I'll build, or I'll, I'll build orphanages. I will. Yeah. I, I would love to have 250, 300,000, whatever it would take in a foreign nation yeah. to build an orphanage and staff it and get it going. Amen. And I, I'm, bless God, just make me a distributor, Lord. Amen. I want to demonstrate, and how do I do that? Well, I'm going to demonstrate where I am right now that when he says give a thousand, I'm going to give a thousand. Amen. Amen. You know, last year, God had me and my wife give the largest offering we'd ever given in a single offering out of the ministry. And then this year in 2022, we gave two and a half times that. Not bragging, but I'm just, I'm not content staying where I've been. I want larger harvests. So I have to sow larger seeds. Amen. I very well may be the one that gives that one-time offering of $100,000. Oh, you, it's a race is on, girl. Praise God. You better be on it. Amen. But it's, see, it's not, see, I have a house. I have a car. Amen, I have equipment. And, and we, we, there's more that we want to have and do personally, and that's all coming. Amen. But if I never had any more than that, I'm still reaching for so much more. Amen. Because I want to do more for God and for others and for my family. Amen. Praise God. The more you have, the more you can give and the more you can do. Now, here's a, it's kind of a shifting gears again, random things. Money is never 
your problem. Now, a lot of people think, oh, if I only had more money, I have a money problem. That is rarely, if ever, the case for a believer. Amen? The vast majority of the time, it's, it's not money, it's thinking. It's not money, it's speaking. It's not money, it's believing. It's not money, it's being led by the Spirit. It's not money, it's obedience. Amen? Praise God. Pastor Nancy said in her book, I Have a Supply, being in God's will, growing in the knowledge of God, and releasing your faith in God's blessing on your life enables the blessing of the Lord to flow unhindered. See, I want the blessing of the Lord. Now, we may get there tonight. That's Proverbs 10, 22. It says, the blessing of the Lord makes rich. How? It says the blessing. It didn't say the blessing of Satan. That's blessing. It says the blessing of the Lord. What does it do? Makes rich. That's the, that's the Bible, black and white. Amen? It's not a bad translation. That's what it says. Yeah. The blessing of the Lord makes rich. How could it not then be God's will for us to Come be rich? The word rich simply means to have a full, abundant supply. And it's God's will. Not only that, that verse goes on and says, The blessing of the Lord makes rich, and He adds no sorrow with it. So when God's blessing is on your material life, see, He's not going to uh, rob from your church life or your spiritual life or your family life or your marriage uh, to help your career. When it's God's blessing, every area of your life is going to be able to be in divine order and flourish. Yeah. Then she said, as we put God's work in the earth first and fund it, then we will be funded and all of our needs will be met. Man, I wish people could get that. Praise God. I love what Dr. Jacob said. He said, God has more for you. Want to know where it is? It's just outside your comfort zone. <laughs> God has more for you and He has more for me. You want to know where it is? Outside of your boundary of what you think is safe or comfortable. And that's why right there so many forfeit. They, if they would just trust God and tithe. But that makes people who don't tithe uncomfortable. But right outside that comfort zone, amen, is a whole new dimension of God's blessing. Amen. Let's take a moment. We just want to meditate a little bit into Philippians 4.19. And you understand that the 19th verse is a culmination of, uh, you know, it's, it's the Spirit of God on Paul saying, really, because you have done this, and because you live like this, you have given once and again unto my necessities. In the first chapter, he already called them partners with him. Amen. And that their offering and their sacrifice had been so pleasing to God. It was received by God as a sweet-smelling aroma, a pleasing sacrifice, that because of this, my God, Paul's God, amen, shall supply all. Everyone say all. I'm going to get you talking tonight a little bit, just like Brother Paul did the other night, because meditation involves speaking to yourself, talking to yourself, letting your mind and your heart hear you say the truth of God's Word. My God shall. He shall. That's so positive, isn't it? There's no, there's no wiggle room in there for God. My God shall. He shall. He will. Amen. Assuredly. Praise God. What will He do? He will supply all of our needs according to His riches, not your riches. His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. How many of you got some needs tonight? My God shall supply. How many of you, you don't have an electric car? I don't have an electric car. I don't know that I want an electric car. Some of them are really cool. 
I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind having an electric car. But right now, I got the big gas-guzzling diesel. <laughs> and you know, I, I didn't get caught by surprise. I, I, I saw these economic headwinds coming. Mm-hmm. And uh, I talked to God before I bought that vehicle. Uh-huh. Amen. I know what, I, God, I know what it costs to fill one of these things up back then. <laughs> and I know how many miles to the gallon they get. And, you know, God, just not in words, but, you know, bear with us. He said, you've been believing God for me for this for 10 years. You know, the gas price doesn't move him. But I checked with him. I got the green light. Well, he knew. He knew what gas prices were going to be. He gave me peace and bore witness with my spirit. Go ahead and get it anyway. Well, praise God. Well, uh, when you look at heaven's resources compared to gas prices... Not putting any pressure on heaven. Amen. So me personally, when I go to the gas tank, I just thank you. I I just tell God, I thank you, Father, for the supply that fills this up. That pays this bill. Amen. And I fill it to the full. Praise God. My God shall supply. See, God is your God. You belong to Him. He belongs to you. He's your God. He's your heavenly Father. And He will. He shall. You need, to, you need to take a deep breath if you need to take a deep breath. Praise God. You just need to let the Word of God and the Spirit of God minister assurance to you tonight. He shall pay your rent. He shall make your car payment. He shall uh, put groceries in your cupboard. He shall meet all of your needs. Amen. Amen. Look with me at some of these translations I've given you. And a lot of times I just pull out phrases, maybe not the whole verse. Philip's New Testament says, My God will supply all that you need from His glorious resources. Amen. 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 Moffat's translation says, My God will supply all of your own needs from His wealth. From His wealth. Amen. Kenneth Wiest, his translation says, But my God shall satisfy to the full your every need in accordance with His wealth. In accordance with His wealth. The God's Word says, Will richly fill, not barely fill, not struggle to fill. He will richly fill. Amen. Your every need, I like this, in a glorious way. In a glorious way. You know, in the natural, the more difficult things are, the more glorious ways God has to utilize to sustain His people. Amen. The message paraphrase says, you can be sure that God will take care of everything. God will take care of everything. Amen. As you walk to your mailbox, you know, the mailbox used to intimidate me because I knew I swiped my card and that bill's going to show up in the mail. Right? Or I know, I know some months what our electric bill can be. And you walk to the mailbox, that mailbox wants to say, mm, yeah, come on, get some of this. But for years, off and on, I've been confessing good things come in the mail. And every bill that shows up in my mailbox, it already has a supply. Amen. I'm telling you, you need to talk. You need to talk. Talk much in every season, but especially in this season. Amplified says, and my God will liberally, liberally, that means generously supply, fill to the full your every need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So let's look at some of the Greek underlying meanings. This word supply, Amen. It means to generously fill, or like we said, we saw in other translations, it means to fill to the full. Uh, Praise God. And so this uh, Fiji bottle, it's full. It's been filled full. Amen? So it's not like you have an empty bottle and God fills it part way and says, you got some water. Just be happy with your water. You got some water. You're not out of water. No, but that's not what he means by supply. 
He's not going to take an empty container and fill it half full and say, be content. That's just not who he is. He fills the space, the capacity to the full. What did David say? My cup runneth over. Our God is an exceeding, abundantly above, all you can think, excessive. There's a Greek word that's used in many places. It's not the word for abundance. It's super abundance. Super abundance. Amen. Let's turn the, turn the page and there's text on the back. The word supply in the Greek means to uh, furnish a ship with cargo. Load it down. It means completely full. And I like this. It means over full. It's over full. I mean, I like to see the gas spewing out of the thing when I fill up. Amen. Because I don't want to come back for as long as possible. Amen. The word in the Greek means, I like this, the word supply, my God shall accomplish. My God shall accomplish your need. He will complete that. Amen. He will fulfill it. He will finish it. He will pay it. And this word means he will perform it. He will perform your need. It's just another way of saying he will pay the bill, sweetie. Praise God. You know, when you became God's child, He took on the responsibility of taking care of you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But number, uh, number one and two there are some of my favorites. I just studied dictionary after dictionary. It means to fill up a deficiency. To fill up a deficiency. So this promise we have from God means, okay, God says, okay, you got so much money. Amen. But... You've spent your money, and you still need a thousand. Well, there's a deficiency. The word supply means I bridge that gap. I bridge that gap. So if you, with what you have, can fill the bottle of water half full, he is going to supply and make the rest full. Y'all ever had more month than money? Y'all know what I mean by that expression? Most people do. You have more month than money? Praise God. Well, that's when, I mean, God is, that's, that's when God wants to shine. That's when God wants to help you. And we have a promise for those types of situations. Amen. Number two, perhaps my, and it's perhaps my favorite, like I say there, the word in the Greek means to cram, to cram, to cram, to fill it, to fill a hollow to the full. Woo, praise God. That's why, you know, when he said in, uh, Luke 6, 38, give and it shall be given. But he went on and said that it will be given unto you uh, in the same measure that you meted out. The same measure you meted out will be measured back to you again. So if you meet it out in thimblefuls, well, he'll cram a thimbleful back and multiply that. But if you take one of those big old broad, wide snow shovels and you meet it out like that, then he's going to cram that. And if you back up a big old semi-truck kind of gift, then he's going to cram that. But whatever hollow, whatever you give, whatever need is there, if you need a thousand, there's a supply for a thousand. If you need 30,000, there's a supply for 30,000. If you need 300,000, there's a, he will fill that hollow with 300,000. If you need 3 million. Now see, I lost you a lot of you. You know, you were with me at 1,000. Amen. And you will never hit a number that intimidates God. Amen. Well, let's look at the word all. He said he'll do this with how many of our needs? All. I did. I looked it up in the Greek. I wanted to make sure. And the dictionary said all. And it said each. 
So, you know, with the staff, I mean, a lot of times, and I appreciate them, like this week, they were giving me, because I've been busy, and they've given me updates. Okay, Pastor, so we got the window bill, and we got this, and I know in my head, we got this. Well, each one of them is a need. Well, this tells me each one of them has a supply. Each and every one of them. Oh, and then with us personally, it's been one of those seasons. Jing, jong, there it goes. Jing, zong, yong, jang. Oh, Bill there. Oh, ding, ding, you know, woo. Every, each, each one. I have a promise from God. Whatever demand is placed on me, they will all be met. Nothing will be deficient. Amen. And I'll never, ever, ever again in my life uh, have to go to you know, for outside aid or support or help, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Now, if people in the body of Christ need to do that sometimes, don't be ashamed about that. We all need help at times, amen, because we're growing and we're developing. Amen. But think of this, because every need, each, but it says all, and then what does it say? It says each, every, any, and the whole of your need. Think about this. This means that you, as a child of God, will never, ever, ever again face a need that doesn't already have a supply. Amen. 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 Yeah. Well, let's look at the word need. The word means an occasion. When an occasion arises and it demands money, amen, or a resource, a demand, a demand on your resources, that's a need. If it's a requirement, amen, if, it, if, it, if a supply didn't show up, it would be lack, then there's a, see, there's a, that's a need, amen. I looked up the word need, and the dictionary defines it as the condition of needing a supply. <laughs> well, we have one. We will never be without one. Praise God. Amen. Now notice this. It means a want. A lot of people, they, get when, they want to fuss with you about your wants. Amen. But this word includes your wants. Do you know your wants? They have a supply. Mamas, your wants for your family. They have a supply. Dads, your wants have a supply. Praise God. Kids, young people, your wants have a supply. One of the ministers, Dr. Bill Winston, out in camp meeting, I just loved, he reminded us that faith is faith, the God kind of faith, and it will work for people at any age. It doesn't matter what color you are, what country you live in, it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter how young you are. If you've got faith... Then you can get, and this, I've never, Amber, Mom and I, we have never told our kids they could not have something. Now, my son Rex, I mean, he's looking at McLaren. Some of you, you some of you know what that is. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a pretty high-end car. I've never told him, son, you can't have that. I'm not going to believe for it. I got my faith on other things. I don't even want one. But he acts like he does. But you know what? Faith. Faith is faith. And he's got faith. My kids have faith. So all of you young ones in here, amen. You can listen. Pay attention. It's not just for your mom and daddy. If you want something, you can have it. There's a supply for it. And you don't have to run to the world. You don't have to compromise your integrity. You don't have to lie and cheat and not submit your income properly on taxes. Listen, I've met believers who do that kind of shady stuff. Listen, that is not right. And number two, it's not necessary. Do it right. He will fill the need. So, you know, if, if this is the way I like to see this, Philippians 4.19. If the need goes from here to here, the supply immediately goes from here to here. So if the gas price, we wake up tomorrow and, and a gallon of premium gas is six fifty, then my supply for gas went to six fifty. I don't have to become worried. I don't have to become alarmed. It's not my job to necessarily do something about that. My job is to cooperate with God. 
Amen. And trust Him, believe Him, flow with Him, cooperate with Him. Amen. And He'll supply whatever it is. Whatever it is. So stop griping about what gas used to be, what you used to get butter for, what you used to get bacon for. Just, you know, I understand. I've been there. Just stop talking about it. You're just going to worry yourself about it. I like this too, the word need. I was a little surprised by this, I guess. I'd never seen this, but in one of the Greek dictionaries, it means, the word need means business. Or it needs a business affair. Anything related to business, there's a supply for it. You need customers. You need parts for your customers. You have a supply. I have an angel that I have specifically assigned to go get me a part I need. And he's working on it right now. Right, Carl? Amen. Me and Carl, we need a part. They say parts are, you can't get them. I, that angel knows what it is. I don't care if he has to go inside a cargo ship, get one, fly over to wind supply and stick it on the counter. I expect that dude to get that job done. Angels are part of our supply. Amen. Oh, praise God. Let's get down to D there in number two. You know, so many, this is what burdens me, and I know it burdens God. We live often so far beneath what God offers and what God's made available. And, and so many of us, we were brought up, the way we were brought up, we were brought up and we've been conditioned to think scarce and chintzy and less than and, you know, whatever. From my grandmother saving soap slivers or cutting a shampoo bottle open to get the last bit out. Not because she thought it was good stewardship, but because she's got to stretch every penny Right? To this whole mentality of, well, bless God, I just keep bail wiring my truck together and, and think all those payments I'm not having to pay. You know, uh, it's a rust bucket, but it gets me there. Well, gr we're grateful you're moving. But God offers more. It's not about being critical or maybe you like your rust bucket truck. That's fine. But I'm telling you, the mentality is the problem. It's not the rust bucket truck that's the problem. It's the mentality that justifies staying there. That It's not the truck. It's the mentality that you have that you, that ha that's with you everywhere you go, and it affects every situation. So it's not the thing. It's, the, uh, uh, it's not about being hoity-toity, but it's about the mindset. God offers you more. Why say no? Why turn down the more that God offers? It's not about things. Amen? But it is about your mentality. And it is about your faith. Amen. And so, you know, this scripture, Proverbs 10, 22, uh, the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich. And to it, he adds no sorrow. Well, the blessing of the Lord belongs to you. It belongs to you as a Christian. If you're in Christ, you're the seed of Abraham. You're the seed of Abraham. And Jesus went upon the cross, Galatians 3, 13, uh, to redeem us from the curse of the law so that... The blessing that makes rich can come on you. Well, is there, rhetorical question, is there any evidence that the blessing that makes rich is working in your life? And if not, why not? It's not nothing to be condemned or beat up about, amen, but something is hindering that blessing 
from doing what God meant it to do, which is to make you to have a full supply. Now, the reasons for why that may be are many. I'll give you a short list of some of the top ones. The biggest one is ignorance. Now, if I'm ignorant, I'm not stupid. I'm not stupid. I just didn't know. Back to this evangelist that we met. This Really, he's a missionary, an apostle of God, been out there all... He knows, man, If we, we're going to get him in the church here. But... Uh, you name him, he knows him like they were his best friend. T.L. Osborne, F.F. Bosworth, uh, Oral Roberts, Richard Roberts. I mean, just it didn't matter who you want to bring up. He's been in the meeting. He knew them. He had experiences with them. was on the mission field with them. And all these years, I've never been able to receive from him, um, uh, rejoice with him, nothing. I'm not, does that make me stupid? I never had an occasion to know. But now I do. The body of Christ isn't, they're not bad, but so many of us, we just don't know. What do you mean you don't know? We don't know that it's God's will for you to be rich. The church many times is taught it the exact opposite way. That poverty is pious. That holiness is akin to not having anything. And yet, the, the patriarchs, the men and women of God that we celebrate know so much about were powerful men and women, rich men and women. Abraham was the richest man in his day. Job was the richest man of the East. Solomon was the richest of the richest of the rich. Makes Elon Musk look poe. And these are God's men. I don't know where the church got this idea, but it's not the Word. I said, it's not the Word. Amen. And, it, and you, my people perish, God said, for a lack of knowledge. Really, the word perish means cut off. They're cut off. The blessing is cut off. It would make you rich if you wouldn't cut it off. But ignorance cuts it off. Here's another big one. You want to hinder the blessing that would make you rich? Live outside of God's will. You live outside of God's will, you're out of position. I can preach a sermon series on that, but i got other things to say. Uh, then you could know, you could be living in God's will, but uh, you, could be, you could have a lack of faith. Your faith is puny. Anytime you mention something of a certain thing, you, you do, you just, yeah, it, it, that's not for me. You just check out. You don't develop your faith. You don't expand your vision. You don't do anything about your thinking. Or you got a boatload of faith. You got Mount Everest measure of faith, but you don't use it. You don't use it because you're spiritually lazy. You don't use it because you don't want the pressure on your mind and the pressure the devil will bring and the pressure of the circumstance if you stepped out of the boat and got on the water. But you will, you will never have the more because God's a faith God. And you've got to lay hold of the more, of all that God's provided with your faith. Amen. Amen. Here's another huge one. Number four, wrong thinking. Wrong thinking. Wrong thinking about money. Wrong thinking about God. Wrong thinking about giving. Wrong thinking about receiving. Wrong thinking about so many things. And I did highlight one or two of these things here. You know, small thinking is wrong thinking. Small thinking is not just, okay, you know, you know, you think bigger than me, but it's not a big deal. No, small thinking is wrong thinking. God said, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And my ways are higher than your ways, saith the Lord. He's not, you know, going, ha ha, look at me, I'm so much smarter than you. He is inviting us to fellowship with His thoughts. Amen. Praise God. You know, if, you, if you're okay living in an environment where everything around you is decaying and broken down, that's wrong thinking. Now, I didn't know this, but I, I got, God connected me with spiritual parents who were on a much higher level than me, and I would begin to hear them say, God funds excellence. He funds excellence. He will pay for things to be right. 
for things to be high-end, for things to be excellent. Do you imagine heaven? What if you get in heaven, you serve God all your life. I mean, you got calluses on your knees, you pray so much, and you serve and you give and you win souls and you're going to get all the crowns and you get to heaven and you look at the mansion that Jesus went away to build you and it's missing a shutter and the paint colors are all, you know, meshed on there and you got gutter hanging down and the dishwasher's broke. Hey, is that your expectation? Then why are we okay down here? Living in rust, living in decay, living with broken down equipment. You say, Pastor, I don't have the money. Why don't you have the money? Well, because I just don't make enough money. Why are you thinking that you have to live on your paycheck? Do you need that fixed? Oh, yes, I do. Then there is a supply for it. I'm not just saying go swipe a credit card. You just have to stay with me a few longer. We will get more into the meat of it if we can. Or we'll come back next week. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just go ahead and jump into this. I want to help us. Uh, you're not going to get there overnight. I haven't made the progress I've made overnight. But you've got to be, the first thing is you've got to be discontented and not okay. Amen. Staying where you're at. You know, Jesus told Dr. Dufresne one time, any church of 300 people, any church of 300 people, I should be able to direct that pastor to build a million dollar project for the church. The pastor should be able to stand up, any pastor of a church of 300 people, should be able to stand up and say, God told me to build a project that's going to cost a million dollars. I need 100 people to give 10,000 and it not hurt their cash flow. And 100 people ought to be able to stand up and say, here's 10,000, go build it. And they not go home crying because their 401k took a three-year hit. See, that's the kind of mentality God has. He said any church of 80 to 100 people ought to be able to take really good care of a pastor financially. He should not have to work. Any church of 80 to 100 people. Amen. But see, uh, so much of the church, we're citizens of the kingdom of God, but we live and depend on a fallen world system. We have not learned to break free and live independent of and higher than the world system. Now, this world system, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, and then you can turn the page. You know what that scripture says, right? Satan is the God of this world. So this world system that we live in, the marketplace, the economic system of every nation, amen, is more than most. I mean, God has some influence with some economies, amen, and some nations, but really very little globally. Satan is the God of the world system. Why do you want to live dependent on a system where Satan is God? I don't. I won't. I said I don't and I won't. Why would you want to live dependent on a system that is rotting to the core where Satan is God? You have to make a decision. I'm not going to stay plugged in to the world system. doesn't mean we don't engage in it. But I'm talking about being dependent on it and its. See, that's if you're going to do that, then how does Satan rule in that kingdom? You got to lie. You got to compromise. You got to sleep to get a sleep with the boss to get a promotion. Uh, you got to cheat. You got to do all kinds. You got to neglect God. You can't. You know. You you got to. You got to do all of that. You know, when I was in sales, it was just the culture of that office. You didn't have to work norm, normal flow on Friday in the field. But what you did do is you spent all afternoon with the sales manager at the bar. And those that did that, see if they had some rough quarters where they didn't make their quota because they were bud-bud with the sales manager and had whiskey at the bar and drank at the bar every Friday, you had more grace. Well, me and my friend James, we were born-again believers, spirit-filled. We ain't doing that. And we just, we trusted God. Amen. Amen. Always were sustained. Always were blessed. Always had what we needed. 
We had to engage in the world system. But I'm not doing what they do. I'm not living the way they live. I'm not thinking the way they think. You want to cheat, go ahead. I don't have to. Well, they might fire you. I have a supply. You can't hurt me. The world system can't hurt me. Pastor, what if all of us get up in a huff and leave here? I'm going to be right back here on Sunday morning preaching to empty seats. And in a few weeks, God will give me a whole other crop better than y'all that give better, love me better, and all that. I'm just telling you, he's able to do it. Y'all aren't going to do that, are you? No, you're not going to do that, but I'm just saying. The more rooted and renewed and, and, and again, I don't know, know of a better word of rooted and established in your covenant with God, then you begin to understand Recession can't hurt me. Layoffs can't hurt me. Other people that want to harm me, rob, steal, cheat, lie. They cannot, in the long term, you cannot hurt me. You are God's woman. I am God's man. And I have a supply. You know what you don't have to do? You don't have to vote for the stupid politician who promises you more free stuff. And that's really why we're in this situation is because we voted for people who would give us free stuff and they printed all this money and created all this demand in the economy with supply problems and you get inflation out the wazoo and now where's all your free money and we're in a boatload of trouble in the natural. So stop falling for that. Small poverty mentality. There's nothing free. Does this get you? Oh, I'm going to give you 1200 Well, I'll give you 2400 Okay, we're going to vote for whoever gives me more money. You know, I need to have another baby because I can get another, I can get more benefits. That is poverty thinking. You will stay poor. You will stay broke. You will stay in the curse. And you don't have to do that, honey. Some people don't like that. I don't care. I don't care. People go to churches because they want to mingle with hubbubs, you know, because they can do business deals. They want to come to church and pitch their product. You don't have to do that. See what I mean? So we've got to break free from this system. Amen? You on this handout where you see the highlighted verses? Oh, I got the middle in there. It felt good, but I better back off. Amen. No, it just hurts you when you think right and you watch so many others think wrong and hurt the country and hurt the mentality. There is nothing free. Nothing. Nothing free. Somebody's paying for that that doctor to deliver your baby. Somebody's paying. That's why my health premium was three times what it ought to be because I pay for mine and everybody else's who've got the little medical card. Amen. Nothing is free. And you don't want to be one of those, and I'm happy to take let that other guy pay. Tax the rich, tax the rich. You know, you have that mentality. You will never be the rich. You will never be. The system won't let you rise. I said the system won't let you rise. But in the kingdom of God, He's no respecter of persons. And he sets all of his children. He lifts us out of the dunghill and he sets us among princes. And every single one of us that belong to him in this room, we have a supply. We have a supply. Say that out loud. I have a supply. Praise God. Look at some things that uh, Jesus and the Apostle John said about the world. Jesus said, in the world, what are you going to get? You're going to have tribulation you're gonna have trouble you're gonna have pressure but be of good cheer come on i have overcome the world then in the next chapter jesus is found praying talking to his father looks what he look at what he says about us the highlighted verse verse 16 they you and me god's people we are not of the world we are not of the world even as i am not of the world jesus is not of the world i'm not of this world i'm in it but i'm not of it Therefore, I don't have to live dependent on it. Come on. Amen. 1 John 4, 17, it says the highlighted phrase, because as He is, 
Man, it would take a week or more to preach on how is he? Who, how is he doing? Where, up there in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father, glorified. He's not struggling. He's not worrying about his rent. And as he is, so are we. Right now, so are we. So are we. So are we in this world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. See, it's not just our position, it's our faith. And our using our faith. The Lord talked to me today and He said, You know, son, when the pandemic hit, you did not think that because everyone in the world was sick and dying, that you were going to get sick and die. Because you knew you were redeemed from sickness and disease. Why then, son? Not that I wasn't, but He was, Why then, son, when the world starts encountering famine and poverty and bad times, shortages. Why would you begin to expect? I'm just as prosperous as I am healed in Him. I said, I'm just as prosperous as I am healed in Him. And I didn't fear COVID, and I don't fear monkeypox, or whatever else is coming down the pipe. Because I'm redeemed. And I'm rooted in that. See, I've renewed my mind. I stay current in my faith on that. But you know, now that they're talking about everybody's, you know, going to go without and all the drought and all of that. And I know it's real out there in the world. And I'm in the world. But I'm not of it. I'm as he is. The Bible says I have to condense because i got to finish. I got a chip to eat. <laughs> Philippians 3.20, something like that. It's in there in your handout. It says that our citizenship mm-hmm. is in heaven. Yes. Our citizenship is in heaven. You know, think about, let's say you went to Britain, and you went in Britain to Embassy Row, where all the representing nations on one street, let's say, built all their embassies. And can you imagine how they run down, you know, just terrible? No, nice places, right? The embassy, where the ambassador stays from the nation. They're there living there to represent these other nations in Britain. And you come along and everything's nice, and all of a sudden you see a grass hut on Embassy Road with a grass hut door and a packed dirt floor. And the ambassador walks up with a grass hut hat and a grass skirt and ribs hanging out. What would you think? What thoughts would come to your mind? The country is poor. It would would tell you something awful about the country they represent. We're citizens of heaven. And so it matters what your house looks like. It matters how you live. Because we represent. We're not of the world, but we're in the world. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says we're His ambassadors, representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is King, but He is King of kings. He is Lord. He is Lord of lords. You're a king and you're a Lord. I said you're a king. Now, I don't think like that because we grew up on welfare. I know, honey. And God didn't want that for you. But you're in the kingdom now. And there's a seat for you at the table. Where every bill is paid. And all the tires have tread. Where all the tires have tread. Right? If you're an ambassador, does it matter how you live? Don't tell me it doesn't matter. Are you, I'm trying to help chip away at mindsets. We are kings. 
that He is the King of. We are lords. Lords are like nobles. And nobles and lords, they own stuff. I said they own stuff. Hallelujah. I'm going to find a place to stop here. You know, Romans 5, 17, you turn the page till you find that at the top. The Bible says that we who have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign as a king in life. So it's our job to begin to come up as a believer and find out who we are. We have a status. A status that's higher than... Now, I have an American passport. I, I wouldn't want to know. That's, I'll take that passport over any other one. Amen. But I, I don't have a physical passport, but I, I have a blood card. I, I, have, I have citizenship in heaven. And guess what? It doesn't matter. Let's say Britain goes into a deep depression. Does that affect the ambassador of that foreign nation? Not at all. Why? Because the way they live in Britain isn't determined by what's going on in Britain. Their supply comes from headquarters. Their supply comes from home. So it doesn't matter what's going on with milk and gas and inflation and the world's economy. We're ambassadors here and our resources come from home. Hallelujah. Well, how do we, how do we, how do we, how do we? And I'll just bait you here and then we'll have to come back. But last scripture we'll look at is Isaiah 55. How do we engage this? What do we have to do? Because it's not just going to show up in your life because it's God's will. All of this happens by faith. It, It must be brought into your life on purpose with you laying hold of things bit by bit with your faith. Now, I've heard this before. I've said it myself, but Dr. Bill Winston, he said it too. He said, faith is the currency of heaven. And then he, but he used Isaiah 55.1. It's, so, it's just so amazing. Look at it. Isaiah 55.1 says, Ho, everyone that thirsts, so you could say that has a need, come ye to the waters, and he that has no money. Money is currency. He that has no money, come... And buy. What? I don't have no money. He says, come and buy and eat. In other words, enjoy provision. Come and buy wine and milk without money. And buy without price. Well, see, when you run out of dollars, you don't have to go without you just got to buy it with a different currency. Yeah. <laughs> See, you can learn. This is what you need to learn. You yeah. need to learn how to get what you want and need that your money right now can't buy. You just use the currency of faith. Our money at the time didn't get us this land. It didn't get us this building and completed. It was money. Plus a lot of faith. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so maybe you got a little bit of money, but it won't get you what you need. Mm-hmm. Well, use your money plus your faith. Yeah. Faith in what, Pastor? Faith in God. Yeah. Faith in God what, Pastor? That He promised, he, right? My God will supply. If I want a suit that costs a thousand, and my wife said you can spend three hundred, she never does that. But <laughs> then I got three hundred dollars, and I need seven hundred in faith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, how's that going? God could make them move it on sale. I could get favor. Some, you know, I could get an opportunity, and money would come. You know, God's got ways. Yeah. I said God's got ways. Yeah. But see, it takes a different mentality to say, no, I'm not going to buy the 300 suit, the suit I don't want. I am going to get the $1,000 suit I want. I'll just need to use my faith. 
And faith pleases God. Faith pleases God. And so we have to develop our faith. Start where you are. You say, but I don't have suit faith. Well, do you have socks faith? (laughs) And get the pair of socks. Amen? And and then maybe maybe get shoe faith. See, we go from faith to faith. And you don't, don't you compare with anybody? Don't you look at anybody and compare? You might look at them and say, man, I'm much further along with them. Now you're in pride. And then you turn around and look at somebody else. You look at Ken Jenner, you look at somebody else, or I don't know. You go, oh my gosh, they're so far ahead of me. Well, now you're in condemnation. You just are where you are. But you don't stay where you are. Amber and I have a house and land that our money couldn't buy, but faith got it. And now we're remodeling and furnishing the house with part money and a lot of faith. But it's getting done. I have equipment I didn't have money for, but faith got it. And I'm laying hold of greater and greater, greater things. As long as we're in this earth, we'll be doing that. Amen. Did you get anything? Provoked, prodded, taught, encouraged, corrected. Hopefully just nothing but beat up. You know, I don't want you beat up. Praise God. That's what I mean. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith is the best.